in this match. If it's a war, you can say whatever you want. I thought I was a cult. I didn't know what was going on. The Fed did. I think New York did. One of your executive vice presidents loves that company. It's the first ever finishing move that's exclusive to a promotion. Welcome to episode number 95 of Champions Advantage, five episodes away from the big 100. We're, which we're coming live from Tampa. Not, probably not live and not from Tampa either. Oh, I'm, we'll be home, won't we? Well, I'm assuming, because we're coming home Tuesday, I'm assuming that we're going to release the episode late, because I don't think we're going to record Monday night after all. That's probably not going to happen. Yeah, that's true. Realistically speaking. We recorded the plane and just pissed everybody off. I don't even know if that would work with airplane mode, honestly. Yeah, unless, 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 unless I have never turned my fucking phone on airplane mode once. Unless you want to pull out the big wallet and pay for Wi-Fi. Why not? <laughs> but oh, it's been a week. Yeah, it's been a week. It's been a week. We had two pay-per-views. It's been a while. We had one awesome pay-per-view, Same I have to say, high. and one all right one. And no, one one awesome pay-per-view, one bad pay-per-view. Let's not sugar. I was it. gonna switch them and make a joke, but you jumped on my throat. Well, no, because it's hmm, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But we got a lot to talk about today. Yeah, tell them what we're going to talk about. We are. Well, Tony has a story that he's not told me yet about. It's probably, it's probably going to be a letdown. But I'm just, about, it's just... about, about us, much like the Dropkick Murphy, shipping up to Boston. Uh, we have a new Ring of Honor champion. Some Mania matches announced, and for sure, that some of them, one of them is very weird, in my opinion, that how we're just there already. Uh, a couple signees to a big company, and of course, the highest rated segment in. Radio podcast history for three months in a row, <laughs> The War Report. We got two reviews, and talk about Elimina Chamber a little bit. Yeah, we do, and we actually do have to talk about it, because I want to compare something from the Mania matches announced to Elimination Chamber, so I'm glad we didn't ax it and we put it back in. Excellent. So I'm glad you actually mentioned that, because there is something we have to talk about, because people are fickle. I don't know if you're aware, but... Wrestling fans are fickle? I know, it's breaking... I'm just going to pack it up. It's breaking or shattering I'm just going to pack it up. I'm going to start watching... I'm going to start Grey's Anatomy. Pack it up and pack it in. Pack it up. Push it and pull it. Oh, no. (laughs) All right, we'll see you right next for the news. Right next. Hit the button. So, got a little bit of news this week. Not not a ton of news. Not... I wouldn't call it uh, Ken Steakhouse Light Caesar, but we got got a decent... We got a medium sriracha amount of news. I hate you. I hate you and your fucking sauces. I'm a condiment guy. What can I say? So am I. And you, you, you call yourself a condiment guy? Eating Ken's? No. All right. No, you had the problem with Newman's. You said Ken's is all right. Because remember, you, no one knows this, but after we had that great salad dressing argument of 2019, you brought down your fucking favorite dressing, and it was, in fact, Ken's. It was Parmesan peppercorn, you were, which is never bad. And you were proven a fool. I was proven a fool. You were proven a fool. Unlike Wednesday. But, uh... No, it's, it's McCormick or die. So, get with the picture. I know they made dressings. I thought they just made like seasonings. McCormick, Old Bay, I Old Bay is Old Bay is top tier. Old Bay is the greatest thing of all time. But like, I got more and more friends that like stop eating meat. So like, we go to the bar and start getting like wing bites. We get like those cauliflower bites, and I've learned that like if you put enough sauce on anything, it's good. Yeah, I mean they're not bad. How many friends? Your friends are vegetarians. They're just like it's an easy way to lose weight, I guess. C- cut meat out of your diet. Yeah, I'll have to try it sometime. Good luck yes. with that. You're already talking about your $27 lobster rolls, <laughs> which, is a, which is a great segue into 
All right, so I gotta provide some background on this story. So I'd say probably like November or October, or December, sometime late 2019. We made we made plans with some. I'd say they're more my friends than your friends. Acquaintances for me. Yeah, but they wanted to go to SummerSlam all independently of each other. It was a very weird deal. And so I'm like, all right, let's just all fucking go as one big happy family. And I'm not good at very many things in life. But one thing, I don't know how I'm good at it or why I'm good at it, but I have become a bit of a guru when it comes to getting tickets. Much like JPL, you are a wrestling pre-sale god. Not just wrestling. It goes beyond that. You are a pre-sale god. Yes, because I've gotten... You'd be shocked at how fast Steelers tickets sell out. I was That stumped the hell out of me. But I was able to get Steelers Rams tickets. Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. I was able to get Steelers Rams tickets for retail when I went in November. I was able, in 2017, for the Starboy Tour, I got weekend tickets for retail, but I ended up not even going because the girl I was with at that time didn't work out. So I ended up selling them on StubHub, but I still made a profit, so I guess I wasn't an all-out loss in the end. But the majority of my success has been in the wrestling department. I'd say I'm 19 for 20. The only L I have ever taken was Royal Rumble 2018 in Philly. And the only reason I took that L is because I woke up late. I had to get those tickets on StubHub. That's the only L I've ever taken. I'd say I'm like 19 for 20. So we all find out the pre-sale for for, uh, SummerSlam would be announced at SmackDown in Boston, which was this past Friday the the 28th. And so I'm like, all right, I'm locked and loaded. I get the pre-sale code. And like, you know. You were all excited. You were on top of it. And like my work schedule right now, Friday night's the only night I have off. So I sacrifice going out with my friends. My friend's like, yo, let's go out and get drunk. I'm like, nope, I got to get these tickets. I had fucking 10 toes in the ground. So I get the pre-sale code. I text, I text the group message that we're all playing this out. And I'm like, I'm locked and loaded. We're ready to go. I think I sent that message at 9.59, and then at 10.02, I sent a message saying I struck out. It was crazy. Like, that shit went faster than I've ever seen pre-sales go. And fucking, I thought Mania in New York was a shit show. That SummerSlam pre-sale was a shit show. So I struck out, and, like, I was pissed, I'm not gonna lie. Because, like, I knew we were gonna end up getting tickets at the end of the day. Like, no matter what we had to do. Oh, yeah, we figure it out. We always do. It wasn't that. It was just the fact that, like... It's my reputation. Your pride a little bit. It's my reputation. Like this is this is what I do. So, much like John Cena, a man from the Boston area himself, I never give up. So I'm I'm mowing around Twitter. I'm sending DMs. I'm trying to fucking find out what I can find out about this pre-sale. And then Saturday morning, I get a message saying, "Go check the pre-sale again. There's some tickets left." And I'm like, "Fuck yeah, let's go." Did you get a message from a person or? Just like I, I searched SummerSlam presale on Twitter, and I was just like snooping around all the tweets, which makes me sound like a real this this story is making me sound like a real fucking psychopath here. So they're like, go check the fucking go check the fucking site, put in the presale code again. There's some tickets left. I'm like, fuck yes. So I go, and it's all floor seats, and I'm like, you gotta be fucking shitting me, because as much as I'd love floor seats in my in for SummerSlam, one, it's not in our budget because we're going to WrestleMania in less than a month, and two. One of the people we were going with gives zero fucks about wrestling. He's just going to have a good time. So I'm like, he will not pay $430 for a floor seat. And I don't think the other people we're going with would either. And I don't think I would either. So that's five, that's five strikeouts right there. So I'm like, whatever. But then I'm at work. And work on a Saturday night is very boring. Um, like, I'm working overnights 
pretty much every day except Friday now, like I said, because there's someone at my workplace that's out of commission. And, like, on the weekdays, there's shit to do. You got Fallon. You got Seth Meyers after that. You got Lily Singh after that. Then you got a 2 a.m. news broadcast after that. Then from 4.30 to 7, it's live news. So, like, you're pretty busy most of the night. So you actually have to semi-pay attention. Saturday nights, if SNL's taped, you got nothing to do. If SNL's live, once 1 a.m. hits, you can pretty much go to sleep until 30 minutes before you, until your shift's over. And SNL was live, so I ran through SNL. It was uh, John Mulaney. He was very funny again. Good, funny guy. And so, I shit you not, I'm not trying to sound like fucking broken Matt Hardy here. But I had, I had like, I had a vision telling me, go check Ticketmaster right now. I shit you not, I go on Ticketmaster, there was exactly five tickets next to each other for the $55 price range before fees. And I'm like, you gotta be shitting me. Like, this is crazy. So, the problem was... I just paid my car insurance and my student loan that day. So, like, because once I struck out, I'm like, all right, well, I'm done till next week. Take care of the business. Yeah, I'm like, I'm done till next week. I get paid on Friday. We'll relock and reload then. So now my bank account, and I'm not, and I figured it's a Saturday night. The four other people I'm going with are either out getting drunk or in bed. I'm not going to fucking call them and be like, hey, send me fucking $70 right now. You could have called me. Well, I wasn't going to do that. And what? One person went to help. Everyone would have to send the money. So it, that's irrelevant. So then I go on my credit card. And I am $1 short. I'm $1. It would be $1 over my current credit limit now because I didn't pay that off yet either. And so I'm like, fuck, what am I going to do? So I'm like, all right, I'm going to make a $5 payment on my credit card and hope that it goes through instantly. Because like sometimes it does. Sometimes it's and I'm like, it's one in the morning. Is this going to go through instantly? So it does. I get the tickets. And I swear to God, I'm glad I was at work alone because I started doing the fucking LeBron James silencer. I was like, I couldn't believe it. I can't believe I got those fucking tickets. It's crazy. It's, that's an incredible story. Is it really, though? I mean, for... for I don't think it is. For how, for, maybe not for them, but for great, how much... It's a great story of redemption. For how much I knew you wanted to get those fucking tickets. It's my reputation. All right, well, now that that's out of the way. Yeah. There's a new Ring of Honor champion. Yeah. Leo oh, Roosh. Oh, what a Roosh. We had the same similar thoughts there. Yeah, so he defeated PCO. Neither of us watched the match, but what do you think about this just in terms of booking? This tells me that Marty thinks they have a chance to live. Put it on someone young just for Marty to take it off of. Oh, so you think that's, you think that's where it's going? I mean, he should be the champion. I'm not saying that's wrong. Well, do you think it would be a better story for him to beat his like fellow Villain Enterprises member if that was the case? No, I think I think Marty knows they're going to be alive. And they have a chance now. They're not as dead as they were. It was all really resting on his what he decided to do. Him, him, him resigning there, breathed breath in a new fresh air. Wow, I'm gonna try that one again. Breathed new life into that company, and so it went from a 52 year old champion to a. I'm assuming Roosh is very young. I don't know his exact age. Really? I mean, yeah. he has been around for a minute, and. Uh, Someone that could grow on and have great matches. So I think they have. I think that's why they did it. I think they have uh, a chance there. How about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that PCO got like the nice nostalgia run. And he's like, thirty-one. Yeah, that sounds about right. And like based on his reinvention, he definitely deserves it. Uh, he definitely deserved that run. But like you said, like how much can you do? With PCO at the helm, you know what I mean? Like, you're kind of... 
and it's not a knock on PCO, but like when you got all that young talent and like you got PCO, the matches are going to be limited. You know what I mean? And PCO's a goddamn psycho. I'm not taking anything away from him. No, absolutely. I saw him not. get power bombed to the floor at Madison Square Garden. To this day, it's the most insane spot I've ever seen live. To this day, I hate you. You got knocked the fuck out. He did. Piece of shit. Oh, you don't like Wilder? No, Fury oh. guy. I don't really care about boxing. Neither honestly. do I. I just like I, I like watching. You like Fury because he because he showed up in the Fed. I like I no I think he's a great boxer. I was watching him before that. You hate gypsies though. He's, I do hate gypsies, but he's kind of a piece of shit person. That's, that's but like fair. I I don't really care about boxing, but I like if I want to see him somebody fight, I'm gonna watch him fight. He is very exciting. He's an unbelievable boxer for his size. He lost like he lost like 140 pounds in seven months. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he put out he actually just put a picture on Instagram of his like two year transformation. Yeah, it's wild. Well, he has a mental health advocate, but he's also kind of a piece of shit person. So I don't care about his personal life. When he's boxing, I watch him. Fair enough. I could I could get down with that. So you want to talk about these mania matches? I think they're pretty goddamn newsworthy, don't you? Yeah, I said no. I wasn't being condescending. I was throwing to you. No, oh, well. So there are two matches for WrestleMania that were made official on SmackDown this past Friday. Um, Goldberg will be taking on Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. More on how he won that later to come. Um, but I am actually going to save my thoughts on this until we talk about Elimination Chamber. I'm going to tie it all together. So anything you want to say about Roman and Goldberg? Uh, spear versus spear. They can make it work. Um, an interesting note about this is that even though... I mean, I think is, we all know who's winning, so... Even though this is a SmackDown feud, uh, Paul Heyman's in charge of this. Um, and, like, Paul Heyman's been the Goldberg guy... He's the one who brought him back for the Ziggler match at SummerSlam. Like, Heyman wants Goldberg to be his, like, his basically Bruno San Martino in, in the later years. Like, just an attraction that comes in once every few months, kicks someone's ass, and leaves. And that's, like, Heyman's vision for Goldberg. So even though this is a SmackDown match, Heyman is still in charge of this feud. That's according to WrestleVotes. And Raymond's, or, uh, Raymond. Raymond Rones? Heyman, Heyman is uh, really close to Roman, isn't he? Yeah, they've, they've worked together a lot. I mean, fuck, Brock and Roman feuded for what felt like literally years. Yeah, I so. mean, also, Heyman managed Roman's father, right? Like, yeah. They, they, he was around him, like, for a lot of his life. Yeah. But I, I'm okay with this. I'll have more on this later. Yeah. And more then on the, this later. The second match, I think, is one that we're both a little more excited about. John Cena will be but taking... Tony, he pointed at the sign. Yeah, that's a weird take. I don't know why people... Like, what do you... He, would you rather him like cut up? Would you rather him take his mask off yeah, and sit in the like, fucking rocking chair? Like, would you rather him cut a promo or point at like you know what I mean? Like the fiend is like nonverbal. What do you want him to do? It's just, I mean, I guess I get a Firefly Funhouse break him out and accept the challenge. I but, thought it was fine, but the camera work of like Cena looking over his shoulder and then like all of a sudden the fiend is there. That was, it was a great point too. He wasn't like, "Hey, brother, look at that." It was. He didn't do the like referee ejection. Like yeah. you're out of here. It was. It was. He legitimately pointed like a demon. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Pointed like a demon. He did. He's just. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> that, that right there. That's a moment where we needed the show to be videotaped. His body. That, his that body was... like fucking jolted and pointed. But I'm excited for that. I'm so excited for that. I know you're excited about the buildup, but I think I news for you, buddy. I don't think Cena's gonna be there for the buildup. So this might have to be Bray carrying this buildup by himself. That's even fine with me. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it'll still be great, but I don't think we're gonna be getting these great Cena fiend promo battles because we'll get at least one i'm probably the go home show because he'll be in tampa for that yeah i guess that's the go true. home show is two days before wrestlemania in tampa so i'm sure he'll be in tampa by then i mean he lives there he's probably in tampa as we speak so yeah i'm sure he'll say something on the promo 
the go home show, excuse me. I'm sure we had a nice little promo. But I wouldn't expect him to be at SmackDown on a weekly basis. But I'm ex I'm excited about this one. Um Maybe undo the undo the uh, mistakes made a couple of five years, six years ago. Did you see Bray's tweet, by the way, where he said, let me... Was it the full circle tweet? Kinda. Let me pull up the exact tweet, because I don't want to... No, you don't want to miss words here, but I'm, I just think these two could work together, and John, will, I think John will put them over. Bray salvaged the fucking Goldberg loss with one tweet, and I don't think many people are realizing it. Okay, here it is. To my Mockingbird, not a loss... But instead of sacrifice, he wasn't a chapter in my tale. I began with a mission, and now I'm where I was supposed to be. You'll see. I saw this, and I wanted to talk about this, because if this is all a master plan, I am fine with Yes, because... And this isn't me trying to defend The Fiend losing the title. This is me trying to make sense of it. So don't take this as, oh, I don't know why you want Goldberg to win the title. He sucks. I didn't. But like, let, this is me just trying to rationalize it. So The Fiend as a character... Never gave a fuck about the title. Like, he's a fucking demon. Why does he care? The Fiend's whole deal was to get back at people who wronged him. And Goldberg never wronged him, so he didn't, like, he didn't care. And everyone's like, well, how did one jackhammer put Bray down when Seth Rollins stomped him 15 times? Maybe he didn't keep him down. Maybe he just did what? Up. He didn't care. And John Cena literally said, I want to leave WrestleMania to the young guys this year. So the Fiend was the champion. John Cena would not accept the title match because he doesn't want to take that spot away from a guy like a Roman Reigns. So if you think about that, Bray had to lose the title to get to what he wants, and that is revenge on Cena who wronged him six years ago. Now I don't know if WWE's gonna explain all that or like Bray is just doing this on his own, but either way, like, and you could also on. That's the, that's the way. You could always look at things glass half empty or glass half full. If you want to look at it like Bray's buried, he's fucked, he, none of this. He's means, not. Uh, we fucking, I know, but will you let me talk? Yeah. If you want to look at it like Bray's buried, he's fucked, this is a punishment, you could look at facts and see it that way. Or you could look at glass half full and like lay down what I just laid down. Like, And granted, as a wrestling fan, you shouldn't have to make this interpretation on your own. They should lay it out for you. But... Like, literally any storyline, you could look at a glass half empty or a glass half full. It's just, are you more of a positive person or are you more of a negative person? No, exactly. If they can wrap this up into one big master plan or brace, he's fine. And I think I think this can save him anyway. It's, I don't think he's anywhere less. He's just not the champion anymore. I don't think of him any less. The crowd doesn't think of him any less. No, did you fucking hear that fucking reaction that he got when he was staring down with Cena? Yes. Like, it was people want to see that match. And I'll tell you what, based on the fucking SummerSlam pre-sale I'd experience, the WWE is not dead. Like, fucking SummerSlam tickets were going fast. It was But there won't even be one destroyer. I know. Not... But anyway, those are the two WrestleMania matches. We'll have more on both of those when we talk about Super Showdown in a little bit. Um, but what's next on the, on the news docket? Uh, in a rather short news week, the final news piece of news is AEW picked up two major signees. Yes, uh, so last Wednesday, it was announced prior to Dynamite on Twitter that AEW has signed uh, Lance Archer, formerly Lance Hoyt, formerly Vance Archer. Uh, you may know him from New Japan, you may know him from TNA, you may know him from his brief stint in WWE, but he's an athletic big man who could... Who he really, is the biggest who, man I've ever seen. Who really had a, a breakout year last year in the G1. I can't believe how big he is. We saw him up close. Yeah, because he was doing a meet and greet, and we are just kind of walking by getting a beer, because we're... 
cowboy shit, bud. Yeah. Yeah. More on that later. More on that later as well, yes. But, um, what do you make of Lance Archer? Good signing for AW? I mean, I, I know that's a rhetorical question. I know how you feel. I just, I, if you asked me three weeks ago, I would have said it's a bad idea, but it seems like they're, they're kind of, they're tightening their loose, they're tightening up their noose now. They're getting every, they're getting everything in order. Because, like, two months ago, they had no idea what to do with anybody. They had too many ingredients and just couldn't get them all in the pot. But uh, I think he's great. And I think if he's used right... I think the bigger question is, are you surprised New Japan let him walk? Yes. I kind of am, but I'm kind of not. Like, as good as he is, he would never be the guy that would break through in the main event scene there. I guess that's so true. So I'm kind of not surprised they let him walk. But He'd always be more of a traction. But at the same time, like, those big guys like him are, like always going to be over in Japan. So you could always stick him in the mid-card, stick him in an IWGP US title match, stick him in an IWGP Intercontinental title match, and like he'll always be over with that Japanese crowd because they love those type of wrestlers. They love the big foreign American bad guys. Like Japan can't get enough of them. Vader, Stan Hansen, the list goes on and on. That is too big. That is, that is too big. Too big Americans. American bad guys. Yeah. Um, Brody, like the list. Yeah. the list goes on and on. That's so in that facet, I kind of am surprised they let him go. But at the same time, they like I just got the sense they were never really going to do anything major with him anyway. So, so I'm not flabbergasted they let him walk. And then the second signing, this one is I don't want to I don't want to say a head scratcher because I get why they did it, but it's just something I didn't see coming. Uh, Colt Cabana signed a deal. And it should be noted that his deal is non-exclusive, so he could still work the other places he was working. Nine other companies he works for? Still work for the NWA and uh, New Japan, his fun little tag team with Toriano. And um, they said he'd be used both as a commentator and a wrestler. So it'll be interesting to see how they use Colt Cabana in the what future. What a produce. I mean, I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm really okay with him on comedy. Because, I mean, he's him and Escaliper are the voices for that base. I'm sure I'm sure he will help produce some stuff. I'm, I mean, he's been around. So. He seems like he's going to be fucking a Swiss Army Knife utility player. He'll probably be doing a little bit of everything. So what do you make of the Cabana signing? It's not a bad one. Like, I don't think it, I'm not taking it seriously. Like, oh, is he going to take it on Moxley? No, he's going to be a fucking goof. Like, he's been for years. Hey, if he might be the exalted one, I don't know. That would be something. I wouldn't agree with that happening. No, that would be... But... I think he's good enough, and no, he's not good. He really never was, but he's he has it here. Ooh, hot take. He, was he ever good? He was, he was always a goof. Yeah, I mean. He was always a fucking goof. He's, he's a great goof, but he's, he was always a goof. He was never going to be world champion anywhere. Fair enough. But I think his brain could obviously help out more than his, uh, than his uh, brawn at this point. And he's good to have on. I'm assuming he's doing the same thing for NWA. I believe he helps book, but uh, that's a good point. That's, that's two good signees for that company, for what they're going to do, depending on what they do with them. Like, if Lance Archer comes in as, 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 and is the fucking exalted one, what are you going to think? It'd be a questionable decision, but you know me, I'm always, I'm always a let it play out guy, so. Me too. But that is it for the news. Oh, we should also mention that Matt Hardy is officially a free agent. Is he? Um, well, yeah, March 1st, his contract ran out, which we are recording on Sunday, so that is today. So Matt Hardy is officially a free agent. See you tomorrow, Matt. So do you think Do you think they pull the trigger on? Do you think Matt Hardy is the exalted one? Uh, no, I don't. It's too easy. I just think it would be a bad strategy 
to plan on somebody who wasn't under contract to be in that big of a role. Unless they contract tampered, which is very possible they could have. And I'm not going to get mad at them at it because WWE does it all the time. Everyone con- everyone, in every sports organization in the world contract tampers. I don't care. Like, dude, there's NBA free agents agreeing to deals before free agency starts. Like, there's... Yeah, no, everybody's signed within like, five minutes of free agency. Yeah, there's, there's contract tampering in every sport. So, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, AW contract tampered with Matt Hardy. No, I'm not. But if he is the exalted one, they, they must have fucking contract tampered because there's no way I would ever... Uh, give that role to somebody who wasn't under contract nothing, unless I nothing knew says, were... Nothing says sports-based entertainment like Magic Lakes. Well, I mean, I... Yeah. I, 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 saw, a tweet, I saw a tweet that said uh, Vince McMahon holding a Vanguard 1's contract because he had a broken spoke or something. It was, it was funny. And Jeff will be on backstage tonight if you're listening to this on Tuesday. Oh, he will. Yes, so maybe he'll be... Well, because Jeff already had, like... All the months he missed due to injury added back onto his contract. Yeah. So Jeff's locked up for at least another like six to eight months. So I think Jeff stays regardless. I see them throwing the bag at Jeff. Yeah. You did work with some guys that he never worked with before. And he's kind of, he was kind of always the, uh, ooh, wow, look at me, one of the Hardy boys. Yeah. And but I've, I think Jeff would Would you suffer. be at all surprised if Matt just takes his job in NXT? Kind of, yeah. Because he's been, his whole deal has been like creative freedom, creative freedom, creative freedom. But if he's booking a show... But I feel like he still wants to be part of the show, and I don't think we're going to have fucking Matt Hardy coming out and wrestling Keith Lee every week on NXT. That's true. So, I mean, I, I, don't know if, I don't know if surprise is the right word, but my definitely, I definitely feel there's like an 80% chance he's the exalted one. 80%? Yeah. I mean... I don't know who else would be at this point. Brody? That's... But he's not never... A idea. He's not He's not never really like the speaking... You know, like... Can you see Brody Lee cutting promos for the Dark Order? No, but is the Exalted One going to do that? I'd assume he's the fucking... He's the leader. Or is he speaking through Evil Uno? What if Evil Uno's the Exalted One? That would be weird. <laughs> All that build-up and it's just Evil Uno the whole time? It's big enough for, he's big enough for two of them. I Listen, bud, that's your Halloween costume, so... Oh, God, I know. So I wouldn't talk shit on him. But that's it for the news. Uh, coming up next is the War Report. But before we get to the war report, we want to tell you about our friends at Pro-Am Belts. They're the premier leader in the custom belt game today. Um, if you want a custom belt for whatever the occasion may be, maybe if you want to celebrate the, the arrival of an exalted one, or a baby, or a wedding, or a lizard, breakdancing champion of 2020, Pro-Am Belts is the place that's to a, that's, It's real early for that award, by the way. Yeah, we are only, well, I guess it's the third. Exactly two months in. Yeah. So, um, Pro-Am Belts is the place to go for all that. Promo code TBT15OFF will save you 15% off. Once again, that is ProAmBelts.com. Promo code TBT15OFF to save you yourself 15%, not on your car insurance, but on a custom championship belt. See what you did there. Yeah. It's clever, huh? See you in a minute. So, before we get into the war report, we just want to tell you to check out our friends, over at manscaped.com. Mans- They're not friends. They're family. That is true. They are family at this point. We've been teamed with them for a long time, and we appreciate them. But we want to tell you that they have a brand new trimmer. You've heard us talk about it for weeks. If you haven't gone and bought one yet, what the fuck are you doing? Yes, yeah, on. The lawnmower 3.0. It's the third generation Manscaped trimmer. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free due to Manscaped's skin-safe technology. 
Um, if you are a fan of the Lawnmower 2.0, you will love the Lawnmower 3.0. And it is an easy transition because it's the same replacement blade with a new and improved skin safe technology. Uh, the battery lasts up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave as a brand new LED light that illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trim. It's a real bushwhacker look. There you go. 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And of course, the charging stand that is powered by USB. And it's fucking great. I can't even put over the lawnmower 3.0 enough. Love that stand. It's, it's right It's right on my dresser for when my grandfather comes. You manscaped together? We have not, but he always asks about it. That's something I didn't need to know. But something you need to know is to use promo code TURNBUCKLE to save 20% off and get free shipping. Once again, that's promo code TURNBUCKLE, 20% off and free shipping. And you can find all of Manscaped's great range of prod products at manscaped.com. And once you go there, once again, you want to use our promo code TURNBUCKLE for 20% off and free shipping. And as always, your balls will thank you. So moving on, let's get to the War Report, AEW Dynamite, NXT, February 26th. Who won the battle in the war? You might win the battle, but you won't win the war. As of all, as we do all the time, you'll start alphabetically and start with Dynamite. <sighs> you want to you want to introduce this first match so I can come in later? Okay, so yeah, you're gonna have heavy criticisms of this one, or at least you better because you fucking. Oh, that's coming! Don't you, you worry. Got, you got in a fucking. Don't you fucking worry. You got it's in coming. a fucking Twitter war over this match. That resulted in you getting snitch tagged in a Jonathan Snowden tweet about he said something I think like I'd rather be snitch tagged to Edward Snowden. <laughs> he said something like if you hate this match you should be blocked. Yes. He didn't block us though. No. So follow through. Piece of shit. <laughs> Why are you calling out bleacher report writers now? I'm not. I, I got excited, I'm sorry. So thirty minute Iron Man match. I have one criticism criticism in this match that I will get out of the way real quick. Other than that, I love the match. Um I hate the finish where the guy gets DQ'd then immediately hits his move to, like, tie it back up. You're already fucking, like, it was already 0-0. Zero, zero. You hitting him with a chair and then hitting your finish to make it 1-1 one, one, literally did nothing to help you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't like that spot. It's I guess you could say, oh, you hit your finish, so now you're on the advantage for, like, but I don't know. I just hate that finish. It's not an AEW thing. WWE does it all the time, too. And I feel like every company that does Iron Man matches does it, and I fucking hate the spot. But... This was a 30-minute clinic. Uh, it has to be in the top 10 matches on free TV all year so far. Granted, it's an early year, but it's probably the best match on TV so far all year. I can't think of one better off the top of my head. It was good. Um, so, I'll give you the floor. Criticize away. Now, disclaimer. Did not think this match was bad. Thought this match was very good. This match didn't need to happen. Don't think this did anything for anybody in this match. Mainly Pac. That's an interesting take. Because I'll, go, I'll wrap that up first. Pac had control going into overtime and got absolutely zero offense in an overtime. I will say, like, if you are a company that has quote-unquote records and, like, draws or, like, you have wins, losses, and draws, because there's been draws in AEW before, there shouldn't have been an overtime. It should have just ended. But I guess that's, like, it's wrestling logic. You can't use logic in wrestling. Yeah, I know, but, like, give him something in overtime. He got nothing. Yeah, I agree. He got absolutely nothing. Especially when he was in control when regulation ended. Like, he had him in the brutalizer and, like, Omega was hanging on. And, and like, then and then a, he looked like he was going to cut a save, an angle-saving promo, and he out comes fucking Orange Cassidy. More on that later. More on that later. 
because what happened there didn't do anybody any favors either. I just I I don't get it. This match didn't need to happen. The biggest story. I kind of disagree with that too. The big the biggest story like this match needed to happen, but in two weeks, like I just go the go home show and had it, it was answered later, but had nothing to do with what was happening happening in two days at the pay per view. This match was it was it was two out of nowhere matches. See that's where you will lose me because the Bucks are out there though, Mega, because those three are still very much friends. But Hangman isn't getting along with any of them right now. So that's why he wasn't out there. So it more makes on that sen- later. Yes, more on that later. But it makes sense that the Bucks are out there supporting Omega because this whole no, time they've been That's cordial. not even my problem. But why was this? This, this was random. It was on this episode for no reason whatsoever. It was, it was a match-for-match match sakes, and this match needed to happen. Well, they've been building it up for like two months. So, But on the go-home show, to paper, you're wrestling in a tag team championship match? He did not. If, if he had the so-called best tag team division in the world, where there was no fucking tag teams on this show, the champion was in a singles match with someone he's not feuding with. He's feuding with Pack. Oh, for over a year, and nothing has come of it. <laughs> they had this match. This match was the blow-off. But don't do it on the go-home show. I'm sorry. I didn't have a problem he's with it because they, 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 they bury their fucking championships. I, I thought that the, the interview later did a great job setting it up. It did all right. I saw but like, what? I don't this, see this issue. This, 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 this match didn't need to happen. It was phenomenal. Two of the best wrestlers on the planet. I don't know why people treat Pac like such a fucking geek when he's in there. I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. He, 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 we'll, we'll talk about that when we're talking about the show. But I just... It did not need to fucking happen. I don't agree with it. I'm sorry. I'm probably wrong, but that's my opinion, and that's why you're listening to me. But I, I can't... I just... I couldn't get... I just don't think it did anything for Omega. I don't think it did anything for Pac. I don't think it did anything for the storyline. I disagree, but like you said, it's your opinion, and yeah. you have a right to it. So I'm not I just, gonna. I just don't get. I'm it. not gonna call you an idiot and like say you should never watch wrestling again, like some people are doing to you. Yes, dear God. But I... and oh, 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 I wish I, I wish I was mean enough to call you out. Who says this? Uh, a feud with Orange Cassidy will be going over. Will be more productive for Pac. No comment. Everybody's like, oh, finally, last year, last year Moxley was uh, losing to Elias in the Raw opener. Yeah, well, five years ago. Adrian Neville was the NXT champion, and now he lost to a. Right now he's fucking losing matches on television and going the distance with a comedy guy. So don't give me that fucking argument. But I just more on that later. I just don't think I just don't think this should have happened, or at least do it Wednesday. I I just I wrong placement. I don't agree with it, and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So like you said, after the match, Pac is trying to cut the seething promo. Then Orange Cassidy comes out, and. I mean, I know your opinion of Orange Cassidy is you like it, but you think it should stay on the indies. And no, I, ha- I have some very, very nice things to say about him. But like later, the fans fucking love him. He's like a top three merchandise seller in the company. I don't see how you could argue against it. Like, even if it's not your thing, if fucking five, six, seven thousand people in an arena are going ape shit for him, I don't understand how anyone could argue with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I just, it's just even just, if it's not your thing. That's, this whole that's, thing, this whole thing was weird to me. And I, I'm like I said, I'm probably wrong, but I just can't get those thoughts out of my head. So this setup, Orange, they announced Orange Cassidy versus Pack for the pay per view, and we were off from there. So next we have the Inner Circle and the Jurassic Express. Um, this is one of the few things of this show we agree on about Marco's stunt. Uh, I Their just, entrance would be phenomenal. It's not even that. It's just I don't understand how he fits in with the team. He doesn't. Look, Jungle Boy needs to be a small guy. He's small enough. 
I just I think their 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 entrance would be so good if Marco Stunt was not involved. I don't hate his existence. Let him do what he wants to do, but he should not be with this team. I'm sorry, he doesn't fit, and it makes the team look like a joke. Luchasaurus is one of the most badass people I've ever seen in a wrestling ring, and he 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 looks there's a fucking child with him. But the match, the match was a match. It was a, it was a good match. I don't think he was selling for him either. But that's, that's not the story. The story was the post match when Darby Allen came down. That dude's a star already, man. He's, He's a huge. certified star. He's huge. As, as long as he, he continues to want to get better, the sky's the limit. Yeah. So he's, oh, just like, even though he can't quote unquote talk because the kayfabe throat injury, he still gets his points across with the signs and writing on the skateboard, and it's just good shit. I love Darby Allen. Him and Guevara had a great match at Revolution. We'll get into that when we get into Revolution. But this segment was a big thumbs up for me just for the post-match. Darby Allen running in, cleaning house. It was awesome. So up next, the women's four-way. Should we? I mean, we have to. Worst division in wrestling, awful match. I am going to say, while the match wasn't great, Hikaru Shida is quickly growing on me as mm-hmm. like one of my favorites in that division. I think they got something with her. I think, I think her winning was the was the right was the right call, and I think a uh, Hikaru Shida Nyla Rose program could be fun in the future. I agree. I, I do like. You her. You can't say anything positive. Don't say anything at all. This, so I said this, my this division is. I just, said my positives just, for the it's match. It's just awful. I'm sorry. I think I think that's pretty fair to say. Yeah. Um. So the way in. This is one of the last segments on the show because we the butcher and the blade. Beat the best friends. No, it happened. Yeah, that's what cool. it was. There weren't a lot of segments on the show because the Iron Man match went like thirty-eight minutes instead of thirty minutes because there was overtime. So the weigh-in, I like the segment. I oh, I was I thought it was great. Um, I feel robbed that Jericho never stepped on stepped on the scale. Um, the you mo- know he was not stepping on that. Oh yeah, scale. I knew I knew they were gonna find some workaround. Around. That bastard. Um, I love him though. The Painmaker Posse and the Walk to the Ring had me cackling. I was a big fan of that. Um, I liked Mox delivering the shoot headbutt, and then shit broke down in the he turmoil. He cracked yeah, him. Yeah, he needed seven seven shoot stitches. He cracked him. Yeah. Which, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming was Jericho's idea. Probably. I mean, I doubt Mox just went rogue and headbutted him without Jericho being on board. So, yeah. I'm sure... I'm sure everything's all cool there. And Jericho sported a nasty wound at Revolution. He did. You looked fucked up. Yeah, so. I enjoyed the segment. I enjoyed the show. Probably more than you did, because I know you had your gripes with a few things. Yeah, the biggest thing on the show I, I didn't like, so. I mean, I'm not saying it was a bad match. I'm not, not trying to get that across, because it was good. Yeah, but I just don't think it did anything for anybody. I'm, I just do not change my opinion on that. I'm sorry. So, the NXT show, same night, uh, February 26th. The opener... Cameron Grimes and Dijakovic. This was set up backstage at a house show when Cameron Grimes and Dijakovic got into a backstage confrontation. The match was made for this week's NXT. It was a fun match. I'm a fan of both guys. I really love Cameron Grimes. I wish they'd do something more with him. Like, it looks like they were, but it stopped. I don't yeah. understand. And like he he like disappeared off TV for like a month altogether. And now he's back. Um, he won this match, but only because Damian Priest came out and fucking whacked Dijakovic in the knee with a nightstick. So it looks like that feud's continuing with Dijakovic and Damian Priest. Um, and Killian Dane's kind of involved in this thing, too. It's a weird little fucking mix of five guys, four guys. He's always just involved. Yeah, so I like the match. I like that Cameron Grimes got the win, but they still kept uh, Dijakovic strong with the little nightstick gimmick. 
and we'll see where we go from here. So speaking of the former Big Demo, he was out next uh, against Bronson Reed in what was a mean guy classic seeding match to determine who would be a higher seed. It was a fun match. Um, it was fine. Killian Dane got the dub. It was what it was. Yeah. I like this show too, to be honest with you. See, I wasn't the biggest fan of it, but we'll talk about that when we get to the end. Uh, Zia Lee out next. Um, what do you think about Zia Lee? Same thing I think about Mia Yim. What's that? I think she's good, but she's never going to be champion. Fair enough. Um, better yet, what do you think about Raquel Gonzalez? Star in the making. Perfect heat, Perfect in the heater role. She's a fucking... She towers over these women. Yeah, she's gigantic. It's crazy. Um, and not in a bad way. She's just gigantic. It's hard to believe that she's been on the roster for like five years now. And they're like... I don't know if that was that long. Probably four years. She was in like both May Young Classics. So it's at least since 2017. Um... And this is really the first time they're doing anything with her besides besides the Mae Young Classics. Um, I like the pairing with her and Dakota Kai. I know I said that in the Takeover Portland review. Um, Dakota Kai having a heater is fucking perfect. I'm excited to see what goes on with the cage match this week if she gets involved in any shenanigans. And I know this is probably the understatement of the century or overstatement of the century, whatever one. The NXT is... The NXT Women's Division runs laps around the AEW Women's Division. The NXT Women's Division runs laps over every division in wrestling. So up next, something I am fucking super excited about. Finn Balor is out for a promo. Um, he says that uh, he says that he's looking for someone to step up, and basically he's like, I don't know what's next. Who who else wants the Finn Balor rub? I gave it to uh, Matt Riddle. I gave it to Johnny Gargano. Who wants the Finn Balor rub next? Who wants the first ever Universal Championship rub? Yeah. Um, then uh, Bartel and Eichner come out and say there's one man that you haven't been able to beat. It's the NXT UK champion, Walter. Well, this match will be good. This match will be so fucking so, good. So Imperium beats down Balor, and it appears to be the setup for... Balor and Walter. That'd be my assumption. Is in the, on on UK in in, in Ireland or I think they'll do it. In, I think they'll do it. since it was on since it was on NXT. My guess is it'll be in Tampa. That would be my assumption. Because I feel like if it was, they were going to do it on NXT UK, they would have done it on NXT UK. That's fair. But I don't know. I could just who the fuck knows. Um, they announced that uh, Velveteen and Roderick Strong will also be in a cage next week. I think that's overkill and kind of. A shot at AEW, which I'm not a fan of the pettiness. Like, oh, AEW had this great cage match last week. Well, guess what? We're going to have two next week. I think that's kind of Bush League. It might be, but the rules changed when Cody came out wouldn't hit a throne. Well, you could argue before that that Triple H making all the fucking comments at the Hall of Fame predated that. But I don't know. Who cares? I, I, I rolled my eyes. For it's, the all, it's all stupid. It's, it's all stupid. All of it's, it's, all, it's all petty for fodder. Except just, one thing I will mention later that's not stupid. Okay. I think you already know what I'm talking about. Yep. Up next, Austin Theory and Tommaso Ciampa. We talked about we talked about last week how it was weird that of all the people uh, Ciampa could have beat up, he beat up Austin Theory. He's a substitute. He's a substitute for Gargano. But they gave him, they gave him. I guess it was a kind of a rub. I mean, he lost to Ciampa, but he was in there with the, probably the second biggest star in NXT behind Adam Cole. They can even argue that maybe Ciampa's a bigger star. I don't know. I would. I would. I would I, the argument's there. 
Yeah, I would if you tried if you tried making that statement, I wouldn't argue with you, but I'd probably have Adam Cole one and Ciampa two. But if you wanted to flip them around, I wouldn't argue with you. It's they're both up there. Um, I thought they worked a good match together. It was nothing special. That's kind of been. That was, that's yeah. kind of this whole NXT. Like, nothing was blow away, but it was Like, all... in, in the fall, they were dropping these unbelievable shows, and yeah. they just kind of fell from there. But maybe... Well, hopefully... I think they saw that no matter what they do, AEW is going to get 860000 and they're going to get seven hundred. dollars Yeah, we've seen, we've seen the find the medium, It's leveled they? out. It's, yeah. AEW seems to be, be around eight hundred and sixty k every week, and NXT seems to be around seven seventy k every week, no matter what either show does. Because I thought after the... Not gonna lie, I thought after the cage match, AEW might get to nine hundred thousand, but they still stayed at their eight hundred and sixty k. So, I get. I think both shows kind of realized that, like, well, this is what it is. Let's just yep. put on our shows and not worry about anything. Although NXT is having two cage matches next week, so we'll see what that does. So up next, the grizzled young veterans against a babyface forgotten sons. They're patriots. I, yeah. Don't know when that happened, but it did. Well, I told you last week. I'm like, are they turning the Forgotten Sons uh, babyface? Because the fucking grizzled young vets were talking shit on America, and the fucking heel Forgotten Sons are defending America. And I'm like, this is a weird deal. But it was just basically a match to get uh, Gibson and Drake over. I suspect at Tampa we'll have a uh, rematch of the Dusty Final for the NXT tag titles between the Broserweights and the grizzled young veterans, which I'm all about. I'm totally for that. But this match was exactly designed to get the grizzled young vets over with the nxt america crowd and i thought it established its task they're already picking up the shoes off of hate gibson thing so guess that travels shoes are off baby then finally the main event uh i almost said sasha charlotte flair and bianca belair um it was a match yeah not what i expected um Here's a, I do have one very big criticism. <laughs> Fucking Bianca Belair is about to get her ankle snapped, and Rhea Ripley comes out to make the save, but she has to do her goddamn stomp before she can go make the save. That's the most fucking WWE thing ever, and it just annoys me. Like, if you're gonna make the save, don't do your fucking stomp with your entrance video. I don't know. Every, every kind of wrestling company does that. No. AEW did it last week with Darby. What do you mean? He did his whole gimmick with coming out. Oh, he skated to the ring. He didn't fucking... He didn't pose. Well, you're right, I guess. He skated to the ring. And you could argue skating to the ring is faster than running to the ring. I, I, maybe he could, maybe he can't, depending on how good of a skater you are. Well, he seems like he's a pretty good skater. I don't think he is. This argument's stupid. It is. But no, fucking, this, he this, didn't do... He didn't stop and do a fucking stomp. I really, I really expected this to be a classic, and it wasn't. Well, see, the problem is, like... I don't think we're done here. What do you do? Because Bianca's clearly not in the Mania match, so you don't want to put her over. But you don't want to beat her either because she's a big... You probably shouldn't have booked the match in the first place. That's probably what you should have done. That's the biggest thing in wrestling. But, but they wanted Charlotte on NXT because they thought it'd be a big ratings bump. But they still had their same 770K they have every week. So it does nothing matters. Nothing ever matters. It's wrestling. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, is it me... Or oh, we should have mentioned Gargano fucking attack Chomp after the match in a fucking baby blue suit. Nothing's as heel like a fucking baby blue suit. He thinks he's a baby face. He doesn't though. That did the last time he turned heel he did, but he doesn't this time. That's fair. Um I don't know. I just didn't like the show. 
I just, they, they, they leveled out. I think the full sale crowd is kind of dying. I think they need to get out of there. Take it on the road? I would. Yeah, they've seen it all, though. Which is, I don't know. And it's not like they're quiet. It's just like, it seems like they're more part of the show than an audience of the show. I don't mean that they're trying to take over the show. I just mean like, it's like, hey, the good guy's going out, coming out, so we're going to cheer. Like, you know, it doesn't seem, it seems like it's not organic. You know That's what I mean? That's fair. The good, the good, once again, they've seen it all. So I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. I'd like to see them do what AEW's doing, run these 4,000, 5,000 seat venues. I'm sure if not sell them out, they can mostly fill them like AEW's doing. Like, obviously, I'm not saying NXT should fucking run Madison Square Garden tomorrow. But, like, run the fucking college campuses like Temple and, like, Boston University. Like, run all those if you're NXT. I, that's what I would do. But then again, you'd probably have to give the guys another raise because then they have to be on the road full time. And that's a whole mess. So that's yeah, don't recover. I have faith in them. Yeah, I'm sure we're on the we're we're really on the road to Mania now. So we'll see what they do. Um, yeah, so it's time for MVPs. Who you got for your AW MVP or NXT MVP overall MVP, and who are you giving the dub to? Jericho for taking that for taking the headbutt. That's fair. Uh, NXT MVP Gargano thought it was good. Really. It was weird. I don't know. I just, no, you know what? Change that. Finn. I didn't like it. Going Finn, Finn, that's, yeah, going that's probably the direction to go. Going after Finn. And then, uh, overall, gotta go Moxley because he looked like a star. And who are you giving the win to? AEW. Okay. So my... With the shitty opening match. My AEW MVP is Darby Allen. He's a fucking superstar. My NXT MVP is also Finn Balor. And my overall MVPs go to the tandem of Kenny Omega and Pac for that awesome match they put on. You're giving me these evil eyes like it wasn't a good match. It's the best match you saw on TV all year. Even though you didn't like... I don't know. I still understand why you don't like the booking, but I don't know. It's just something we're never going to agree on. I'm also giving the win to AEW. Uh, it's Not like, a streak here. They're like on a four-week streak, so let's see if NXT could break it. Um... AEW announced that Lance Archer will make his debut this week in Denver. We'll see the coronation of John Moxley as the AEW champion. Possibly the exalted one. Potentially, yeah, we don't know that yet. And then NXT, we know we have two cage matches. We have Velveteen and Roddy in a cage. And then we have Tegan and Dakota in a cage. So we'll see who gets it done next week. But coming up next, we will talk about the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. There's only three matches that are announced but I want, I want to make a parallel between one of them and the Goldberg and Roman Reigns matches. So we'll talk about those three matches, and we'll talk about the other two matches that are announced. It'll probably be like a fucking two-minute segment because, like we said, there's only three matches. Then we'll get into Super Showdown, and we'll close it out with AEW Revolution. So stay tuned. It'll be fun. Because so, it's a deadly game. It's not Survivor Series. All right, so Elimination Chamber 2020, as I was saying, also known as No Escape in Germany, takes place... Because of reasons. Yeah. (laughs) Takes place Sunday, March 8th, 2020, at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. There'll be some excellent people in attendance at that show. Yeah, we'll be there. It's probably... I'm not too confident that this show is going to be a good show. I mean, Um, it can't be worse than Backlash 2018. Hold my beer. It can't be. No way. I don't believe you. So, as of this moment, we have three announced matches. I'm hoping last night on Raw, for the love of God, they announced something else. Um, So, let's start it out. We have an Elimination Chamber match for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships. The Miz and John Morrison defend against the New Day, the Usos, Heavy Machinery, Lucha House Party, and Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Who you got and why? 
Why am I even asking this? But who we got and why? Heavy machinery. Yeah. Let's go for it. That's your serious pick? Yep. No, it's not. No, Miz and Morrison okay. are going to win. They okay. just got them. They're not losing them yet. Okay. I'm also going Miz and Morrison, so let's keep it moving. Three-on-one handicap match for the Intercontinental Championship. Braun Strowman defends against Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro, and Sami Zayn. Um, this match will tell you what is more of a priority to them. Uh, keeping Nakamura, Cesaro, and Sami Zayn from looking like complete geeks or building Braun back up as a monster. I think building Braun back up as a monster is more of a priority than making Nakamura, Cesaro, and Zayn not look like geeks. So Braun will probably retain, and everyone on the, on the internet will be mad. Love when they're mad. So you're also going Braun, I'm assuming? Yeah, no way, no way he's losing it. All right. So the main event, this is what I want to compare the Roman thing to. Elimination Chamber match for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania 36. The winner will face Becky Lynch. Natalia versus Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler versus Asuka versus Ruby Riot versus Sarah Logan. I'm not even going to ask who you're going to pick because everybody on earth knows that Shayna Baszler is going to win this match. It's a service, bro. Which she should. But a lot of people are pissed that... They canceled the SmackDown Chamber. That was going to be Roman versus Braun versus Nakamura versus... I forget who the other three were, but it's irrelevant. Um, and, like, they just gave Roman the title shot. But would you rather have two Elimination Chambers where, like, you know who the fuck's going to win? Like, it would be pointless. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, no, I agree. Like, the tag the tag Chamber match, we're pretty confident that Miz and Morrison are going to win. But I wouldn't be flabbergasted if the Usos won. You know what I mean? They always just win. If the New Day won. You know, I wouldn't be, like... But flabbergasted, you know. But I think Roman has done more than enough to justify having a title match without having to quote unquote earn it. I agree. He never lost that Universal Championship. He's been um, out of the title picture for a year and a half. I'm just, but in kayfabe, that doesn't mean shit. No, it doesn't. I'm just like he beat fucking Baron Corbin in like 46 straight pay per views. The guy's been like he was the sole survivor at Survivor Series. He was in the final two in the Royal Rumble. You can make enough of a case for justifying Roman Reigns as the as the number one contender without having to uh, stretch go through an elimination chamber match where everyone would just know the outcome already and then just boom winning one. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's smart. And like people are like, well, well, if it's that easy to go get a title match. Why didn't fucking Kurt Hawkins go out there and say I'm next? If Kurt Hawkins went out there and said I'm next, you really think Goldberg would accept the challenge? Like. <sighs> Don't be so dense, people. Just use your head a little bit. Like either, like I said, it go back. It goes back to that glass half empty, glass half full thing. Like if you want to look at it that way, yeah, you could say, well, if you're walking, going why didn't why didn't why didn't Yoshi why didn't Yoshi Tatsu come out and challenge Goldberg for if the you, fucking if, if you want if you want to hate it, you're going to hate it. Yeah, and you know if you're one of those people, that's fine. Just live your life. I want to live your life, I guess, but. Yeah, it's elimination chamber and the three announced matches. <laughs> There's always a shitty amount of matches. Um. So now let's move on to Super Showdown. Super Showdown took place this past Thursday, February 27th in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, on the Muhammad Abdu Arena on the Boulevard, which was actually a stadium, which is very confusing to me. I don't get how they name things down there. So the pre-show match, the OC defeated the Viking Raiders. I don't get the booking behind it at all. It seems like the only time the OC win is when they're in Saudi Arabia. Last time they're there, they were crowned the best tag team in the world, and there was absolutely zero follow up. <laughs> so uh, the OC just defeated the Viking Raiders again. I don't, I don't know why. It went ten minutes. It was perfectly acceptable, but that's all I really got to say. Up next, a gauntlet match for the weight trophy. 
So our truth started with Bobby Lashley. He beat Bobby Lashley via fluke. Then out came the Vintner. He beat the Vintner when he knocked down the cage, and that infuriated Rowan so much that he fucking bashed his head with the steel steps. Then out came Andrade. He beat the United States champion Andrade when they headbutted each other and Truth fell on top of him. And at this point, I thought R-Truth was just going to fluke his way to this trophy, and I would have been so okay with that. It's not even funny. Yeah, he, he's great with props. Strong suggest, strongly suggests the documentary released about him. Yeah, it was a very good, very good watch. Then out, come, out came AJ Styles to fucking poop on the whole party. He basically just beat R-Truth. And then Rey Mysterio is supposed to be the final man. But they cut to the backstage area where the OC has taken out Rey Mysterio. So he got that Saudi bag just to show up, put on his gear, and get beat up. Can't complain about that. Nope. It's an easy payday. It's a lot of Supreme for Dominic. Yeah, and some Louis V sprinkled in. Um, So then AJ demands the ref to start counting to 10. And he says if Rey can't come out by the time he gets to 10, he has to be the winner of this prestigious Twig trophy. And I quote, Michael Michael called my favorite line of all time. This trophy was prestigious because it was named after the Twake Mountain Range, which symbolizes strength and perseverance. It's true. Somehow that makes this trophy prestigious, and somehow a mountain represents strength and perseverance. I don't know. Um, but then they cut to the backstage shot again, and this time Gallows and Anderson are laid out, and you see that trench coat and those boots walk into frame, and then that gong hits. <laughs> And Saudi Arabia lost their collective minds. They did. You can't say that he's not over there. Undertaker came out, and this is where shit gets really wacky. Somehow, the referee declares Undertaker's in this match. And he comes out and chokeslams AJ Styles with one arm without ever even taking his coat or his hat off. And pins him and wins the mountain trophy. He didn't take the trophy either when he left. <laughs> I don't think he could even carry that thing. I think it'd be funny if he just grabbed it and walked Walked out. You want a piece of the aggro, Craig? Oh, my God. Do, do, do you have it? Guts. Jesus Christ almighty. Oh, I love this. <laughs> this is not how I would have set up AJ and Undertaker. No, it's not, but hopefully they can salvage it. I just... Jesus. And I was convinced that, he like... the trophy. I was convinced that AJ was in this match to, like, make Undertaker look good, and it wouldn't hurt him when he lost Undertaker. After what they did in this match, AJ Styles cannot lose at WrestleMania. He has no. to. He has to be Undertaker. Yeah, he literally got choked on one arm by a man wearing a trench coat and a t- and like a hat. Like you, you gotta beat the man now, Mania. Yep. Phenomenal foreskin and then over. So that was twenty-two minutes of something. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know why. I don't know how, but it was twenty-two minutes of something. Up next, the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, probably the best match in the show. Mm-hmm. That's not very high praise, but it was. It was fine. It did have Kofi Kingston It'd taking... It'd be a good match on any show. It was a SmackDown main event. Yeah. That's what I'll say. It was about the level of a SmackDown main event. Um, it did have Kofi Kingston taking the stupidest bump I've ever seen. Yeah, that was wild. Uh, he basically went for, like, his trust fall over the top rope. And instead of catching him, The Miz just said, I'll move. And he did move, and Kofi went splat. On the fucking... On the pretty black mats. Yes. And that looked like it hurt so bad. Yes. I don't know how that man has a spine. I don't know how that man is walking today. He wrestled the next night on SmackDown, which is even more baffling. I was just... Kofi, I don't know why you took that bump on this show. Yeah, I was dumb. Save that for Mania or something. Like, yeah. don't take that bump on this show. Take a bump at all. But 
The match ended when Miz hit Biggie in the gut with a chair. Morrison rolled him up. And Miz and Morrison won the tag team titles 11 years after winning it for the last time, which is, I believe, the third longest gap in history. Behind the New Age Outlaws. New Age and... Outlaws and, uh, fuck, who was the other one? I just saw the tweet. Go to the WWE Stats and Info Twitter and it'll be on there. Who could it be? I'll, I'll go look now. No, you don't have to. No, I will. No. So you keep talking. All I'll, right, I'll we'll skip it. a few things. Guards of the feet of Carrillo in a match. Where are, you, where are they going with that? No idea. Because the guards are just going to disappear when Andrade gets back anyway, so they'll probably tomorrow. No, they have a tag match on Raw. Oh, do they? I think Andrade's in the group. Oh, fantastic. We have a faction, though. Okay. Uh, they were... Okay, they were... Hawkins and Ryder were the other two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ten years and six months. That makes sense. Yeah. But, uh, okay, and then the Rollins and Murphy defeated the Street Profits, so I'm assuming they'll lose it. They lost it last night. Uh, Why? What makes you think that? I just think the Street Profits... Or someone's always going to cost them it. Make my words. Mark my words. I mean, there's also a pay-per-view again this Sunday. They could save it for there. Oh, that's true. Oh, I would love to see the Street Profits win. So I'd, I'd rock out my cup of lean. And under- no, we got to talk about this. Mansoor yeah. defeated Dolph Ziggler. This is becoming my new favorite thing on earth. They don't even try to pretend that there's like... They, it's baffling. They they just say, who's a good worker? Cesaro, you go lose to Mansoor. Who's a good worker? Dolph Ziggler. You go make this kid lose and lose, and lose to him. I love that they don't even try to like hide it at all. They're just like... We're going to put him with a good worker. Mansoor's going to get the win. And then he's going to cut a promo about how I'm from Saudi Arabia and I'm proud. Yeah. Like, you know what? Like, it's just baffling. That they good, don't for, even, good for him. Like, I'm not. It's just baffling that they don't even try to fucking, like, hide it somehow. Like, it, he doesn't. It, like, if I was booking this, I'd have him on NXT, like, in the weeks leading up to it. And at least pick up some wins there. He just disappears and reappears in Saudi Arabia and beats a former world champion. It's, it's, it's funny. It is. It's comedy. He's great, though. I like him a lot. Up next, something you hate and I love. Rock Lesnar kills Ricochet. I mean, I don't hate it. Who said I hate it? Oh, I thought you said you hated it. I don't recall saying that. I said I was wrong. I thought, yeah. they'd, I thought they'd give them nine minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I mean, if you, if you, if you think about it, it makes the most storyline sense of any match on the show. Uh, Cesaro or Ricochet is the only reason Brock lost quote-unquote, the Royal Rumble with a low blow, and then Brock just killed him. Killed him, F5, 1, 2, 3, over. Kicked his ass for twenty for two minutes. Uh, Ricochet took a great ass beating, do gotta say, but that's that. No one on earth expected Brock to lose that match. No, I don't think... Although they did have the graphic. Did you watch the pre-show, the pre-match video? No. So, Ricochet's talking... Ricochet cut, like, a Why Not Me promo. It was... It was the best Ricochet promo I ever heard. Probably because it was a pre-produced video package and they were able to fucking do multiple takes if they had to. But it was very good. He's like, why can't I be the WWE Championship? And they put up the Drew versus Brock banner at WrestleMania and Brock disappeared and Ricochet appeared. It was awesome. Sounds good. Way to go, Bruce. You seem very... Uh, that was Raw side. It was probably Heyman. Oh, that's true. But, I mean, I just... I liked how he just killed him. That's fine with me. So you don't you don't see Ricochet as a big player in the World Wrestling Federation? I do, but I don't think that this matters. A complete waste of time. Another nail in the coffin. Ricochet's WWE booking. He's fine. He's a fucking U.S. champion six months ago. Yeah, and he lost it in like ten days to AJ. Yeah, well, whatever. Roman Reigns. <laughs> Roman Reigns was Baron Corbin. It was a cage match. It was a cage match. It was That's, their cage match. Yep. The exact one you'd think they would have. Although, did you see? Did you see Corbin's tweet? Uh, yes, phenomenal. Love the fucking Wilder troll. Yes, and him getting carried out was amazing. 
Uh, Bailey defeats Naomi, retains this, this match. I thought it was actually pretty good. Really? What? I didn't, I didn't think it was a good match. Yeah, no, I thought Naomi... I always like watching Naomi. That was kind of a personal thing. I like Naomi too, but I, I thought... I don't know. I didn't think they clicked. Uh, I, I thought it would be fine. I'd be, I'd be real happy. I'd be real happy to see that in an American pay-per-view down the line. Bailey needs challengers. I thought Bailey was good in this match. And Roadblock the, into the line? What? Roadblock into the line? Roadblock into the line. But, and then here we are. Yep. The Fiend versus big old Billy Bill Goldberg. And four spears and a jackhammer and or brace sandbag that shit, shit out of him. I don't think brace sandbagged him. I just, he did not want to go up. Bray I just think Goldberg couldn't go get him up. Bray did not want to go up. Watch it finish again. Bray did not want to go up. I watched it four times. Bray did not want to go up. But, yeah, and this, this happened. Yeah, and I don't hate this as much now as I did then. But I mean, we both said it was going to happen last week. I, I. Uh, it was like one of those things where I think everybody knew it was going to happen. They just didn't want to admit it. Yeah, that's true. I like everybody true. knew Goldberg is winning this match. It's just nobody wanted to believe that they were that stupid. You know, I think that I don't hate this as much now as I did. Fiend doesn't need a title. Fiend should have never had the title. Should have never been in a title match. Yeah, the whole thing is... Because there's no good way to end that reign. So, I know we talked about this after the last Saudi Arabia show, but the Fiend was never supposed to be the world champion. They booked the Hell in a Cell match. They did the finish they they were doing, and that was supposed to be the end of it. But then everyone on the internet got so mad about the finish, which, in their defense, it was an awful finish. I don't blame them for getting mad at the finish. A ref stoppage in Hell in a Cell is not a good finish. No. They should not do it. So then WWE said, fuck, we got to do something. So they put the title on him at the next Saudi Arabia show, you know, to appease everyone who was all pissed off. And that ended up leading to a Rollins heel turn. It was, it was good stuff. It ended up turning out to be good stuff. But now they're in another corner. How do we get the fucking title off this guy? They, they clearly want the title on Roman Reigns. That's clearly the direction they want to go. But they don't want Roman to have that heat from being the guy to beat the Fiend. Yes, I, I, this is where the... I blame the I blamed here's here's how I broke it down. I don't know if you read the text between me and Rod. It would have been a time you were sleeping from work. Yeah, I don't I I saw like forty yeah. messages in that group and I'm like, I'm not reading this. I blamed the fans thirty percent, uh the company fifty percent for not having faith in the talent, and the the company another twenty percent for See when the company seventy percent. Yeah. But no, fifty percent for not having for not having confidence in talent. Twenty percent for thinking of taking in the mania reaction of Roman beating him into into consideration. Well, if they're gonna clo- if they were gonna close that match, they have to take that into consideration because I was at WrestleMania thirty four, and they closed with Brock just beating Roman, and like the fans already didn't care about that match. But when Brock won, and they realized that this guy was sticking around even longer because this was this is that like peak Brock hatred, like yeah. that mania, like their people were like, it was. There was not many happy people in the Superdome. It was not a good way to end Mania. So if they were going to have it in the middle of the show, I would agree with you. But if their plans were to close at that match, you got to close Mania with a happy ending. I don't think that match is closing. It's Roman at WrestleMania. I think, I think Drew, Drew closes with Brock. That's what should close. Yeah. But I think if they were going to do, do the Fiend versus... Now that, now that it's Goldberg and Roman and that match is probably going to go only go three minutes, that's definitely not going to close. But I think the original plan with Roman and the Fiend was going to close. Oh, yes. Okay. That's I what do. I mean. So, yeah, Roman, okay. so Roman would win and everyone would be pissed because yeah. he beat the Fiend and that's how he'd end Mania. That would be a really fucking sour note to end Mania. 
So they kind of have to take it in consideration. Yeah, no, I, I guess that's true. But no, I mean, mm, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. But now that it's Roman and Goldberg, there's no chance it closes. Because that no. match is only going to be five minutes. It's going to be a battle of spears. Which, yeah. cool, whatever. Fine with that. Yeah, why? Looking Fine. forward to Roman. I, you know what? Let Roman and Fiend work all summer. Sure. Let them work all summer. I, no, I'd keep them away from that title. Because there's no, there's no good result that could come from it. I mean... You uh, can't just have the Fiend losing title matches. No, but who does he go after then? Someone who's wronged him. Bray Wyatt. Roman's, wrong, Roman's wronged him. I know, but wait till Roman loses the title to go after him. Okay. Keep the fiend sense. away from that fucking title picture because if he loses title matches, people are just going to get mad and it's not worth it. That's true. And Bray Wyatt has had so many goddamn feuds over the years. I'm sure there's fucking millions of people that have wronged Ziggler's him. Ziggler's had to have wronged him. I'm sure. Should have been him. Should have been him. Yeah. He should have been the fiend. I would, you know what? I would love that program. Call him dipshit. Remember, remember when Ziggler used to just impersonate other wrestlers? Have Ziggler come out with a fucking head lantern, but it's his head? <laughs> Good stuff. It's stupid. It, it, no, it, it's Nikki's head. <laughs> yes, it's Nikki's or, head. Or, 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 or fucking when he was the caddy. Oh, I think it was just. I think it was just Nick Nemeth. Yeah, I think he was too for Kerwin White. Yeah, for Kerwin White. Yeah. Racist ass gimmick that was. That was that was something. <laughs> that was something. That was just that was bizarre. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about why the reason we're all here. All right. AEW Revolution. Coming from you from the Wintrust Arena in Chicago, Illinois. Yep. Uh, it seems like their Chicago was their home for pay-per-views, much like New York was for WWF in the 80s and 90s. They moved to downtown Chicago. So this is a big. This pay-per-view is actually in Chicago for once. Yes. It's not like WWE always claims they're in Chicago, but it has never ran a show in Chicago since, like, 94. Don't be that guy. No, because if I'm from Rosemont and they're saying, we're in Chicago, I'm pissed. That's like if, if they're running a show in Wilkes-Barre, and they're like, coming for you live from Philly. It's not that far I know, away. I know. It's like 30 minutes. It's not even. Yeah, it's like 30 minutes. I don't think so. No, don't, don't do that. So, okay. The buy-in, the SCU versus the Dark Order, who my friend, or my non-wrestling friend thought were gimps. Uh, this was a match. The Creepers were kind of everywhere. Suck my balls. 31 minutes. Oh, blow me. Uh... The Dark Order's music. Uh, the Suck Dark, my balls. The Dark Order minutes. wins, and then we thought we were getting the Exalted one, but no, it, no one thought we were getting the Exalted one. Okay, I'm just kill my thunder. And it was actually Daniels who decided to beat them up, and a fine match to start the show. Here's my show. thing, and I know this is this is this is me. Like you can't use logic in wrestling again, but if so, hypothetically speaking, the Dark Order should know who the Exalted one is, right? Like, Stu Grace and, and Evil Uno know who the Exalted One is, correct? I don't think Stu knows. I think Stu is too low in the well, pole. okay. Well, D- Evil Uno knows who the Exalted I One is, I know who right? he is. So, Evil Uno should know that this man was not the Exalted One when he walked out, and it was like, you know what I mean? Like, it, once again, that's logic in wrestling. Can't have it. We should mention there was a dark match. Dr. Britt Baker and Penelope Ford defeated Riho and Yuka Sakazaki. Obviously, it was a dark match. We didn't see it, so we can't tell you how it was, but... And now for the proper opener. My I'll, let favorite, you, I'll let you take this one. My favorite wrestler of all time, Dustin Rhodes, versus my least favorite wrestler of all time. And for people who don't understand that, the less wrestler I hate the most on earth ever. And this is not a new thing. You can confirm. And we should also clarify, you hate him as a professional wrestler, not a human being. Yes, very true. Because you don't need that fucking hate going on. Yeah, I don't need, like, 
weird Americans coming at me yelling at me. <laughs> you, have, you have all the Hager stands coming at you. Did you do your Hager? Did you have the Pledge of Allegiance? No, go fuck yourself. <laughs> but uh, I just hate Jack Swagger and Jake Hager. I don't understand. I just never done never. It's not even like I hate him. I just hate him. He's a heel. I hate him. Piece of shit. Even when he's a babyface, you hate him as yeah. a heel. Yep. I I hate him his entire run in WWF. E and I hate him. I hate him now. He makes stupid things and makes out with his wife for five minutes when you're entering. That's good heel heat. It is good heel heat. And then and then Dustin went straight gold Dustin made out with her later in the match. And that's sexual assault. It is. That's assault, brother. And uh, this match was great. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a good hoss fight. It's a it nice was, change of pace from what you normally see in the Dustin AW. got to work big, uh, big man. Dustin is a big man. For people who don't know, he's... He's, like, deceivingly big. He's Yeah, he's, like, 6'6", six, six, like, 260. Yeah. He's somewhere in there. He's gigantic. What do you think of the new look? Uh, I, the Joker? I, I'm not sure. I, he always paints his own face paint for a reason, so I trust him on that. It was, like, the half. Yeah, You said, like, the half on the side. It was the... I, pre- I, I don't hate it, but I prefer the half on the side. I don't. I think the whole thing's weird how he's, like, Dustin Rhodes, but he does the gold dust paint. He's red dust. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's weird. Like I don't know, but whatever. Uh, this was good. The right person went over. Dustin made him look at a million dollars. Dustin ended up having to submit. It was good. So an update. We were talking about Dustin Rhodes' AEW theme, and I'm like, I know I've heard this song somewhere before. It sounds just like Brain Stew by Green Day. Yes, it does. Good call. Where'd you, where'd you think of that? I was just listening to the song, and I'm like, I know I've heard this somewhere. Okay. Up next. Uh, contender for match of the show. Contender for match of the show. Yes. I agree. Uh, definitely oh. the best singles match on the show. Yeah. Do you want to go I... that far? Uh, Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. The match started real hot when Darby came well, technically in. technically the match didn't start real no. hot because the match wasn't started. Okay, yet. the fight started real hot when Darby came in and somehow, somehow covered 50 feet in one second. Yeah, that first suicide dive was wild. He dove out onto him and just started wailing on him and trying to hit another one and then almost killed himself. Yeah, that second suicide dive was also wild, but for very different reasons. So Sammy gets control and ends up getting Darby on the table and fucking splats him. He killed him with that 630. With the 6.30. He got so high. Yeah. And then just came straight down on Darby. So he stand out there. We both thought Darby might have been still injured and the match was going to start. But the match eventually did, and five minutes later, Darby got the pinfall. Yeah, he had a coffin drop from halfway across the ring. Yeah. It was really impressive. He climbed, and the first thing he said was, whoa, he is really far away. And it, he was right. really far away. And he hit it. One, two, three. Wasn't long. Wasn't too long. This match was great. Darby Allen's a superstar. Sammy's a superstar. Look for that match for the world title in five years. Yeah, that's, that's kind of like my main takeaway is I can't wait to see where these guys are at in five years because – I'd assume in five years, Chris Jericho has kind of stepped away. Um, at least I hope he's stepped away in five <laughs> years from now. Um, he's just unless he, can st- unless he can still go in five years, which I I don't know. Maybe he would be able. Uh, DDP Yoga could work wonders. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either. But Who's that if you wrestle now? I'd, I'd assume that these guys will have moved way up the totem pole in five years. And I think these could be two of the faces for AEW in the future. And, man, Darby Allen was in Evolve, which is like a WWE property. And, like, ugh. They, they missed the boat. They did, but you know what? Congrats on the Bucks and Kenny seeing, seeing what he can do. And I don't think, I think if Darby was on NXT, he'd probably be lost in the shuffle, where in AEW he's one of the top stars. I think that's a fair statement. Yeah. You really can't script that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's it's got this weird natural charisma about him. Yeah. But who knows? And up next, probably the unanimous. This is the best match in the match show. Match of the night. This is the best match in the show. Yeah. Dave Meltzer called this the greatest tag team match he's ever seen in his life. 
Not true. Cool. I don't know if I could agree with it, but you could make the argument. You no, yeah, definitely... no it, I, this wasn't, I really like this match. This wasn't a typical Young Bucks bullshit match. There was tons of psychology in yes, this match. Yes, no, like I hate Young Bucks bullshit matches. And this was great. Hangman was great in this match. Both teams are working heel, which is like very unique. Um, I just wish they would follow the fucking rules. Yeah, but like I say it's, this it's every a, it's time, a minor nitpick you know me. you know what you're gonna get when you watch when you turn on AEW. It's a minor nitpick for, for me. Better or for worse. Did nobody tagged in from inside the ring, so I'm okay. That's, yeah, Pentagon's your fucking mortal enemy in AEW. I and you know he's one of my favorite wrestlers on the planet. I just that drives me nuts. And that you, not true. And you wouldn't say it to your, to his face. You would not have Sarah Miedo. Do I? Do I? Do I? I forgot my train of thought. I completely forgot my train of thought. Oh boy. That can't be happening. All right, let's get back to the tag match. But this is... Oh, no. Does that drive you nuts? What? Do I need help that that drives me nuts so much? I mean, it's just I've kind of... You know, like, when I watch AEW, I just kind of, like... I, I know what I'm going to get so it doesn't bother me. Like, if I saw it on WWE or, like, if I saw it on New Japan, it would probably, like, drive me ape shit. But, like, when I tune in AEW, I'm like, okay, both guys are going to be in the ring for... 30 minutes, there's going to be wacky tags. I'm, it's whatever. It doesn't bother me. And then Paige and... Uh, they, Paige, and uh, Paige opened the match by spinning on Nat. What, did he open it with that? I believe so. I think so, yeah. And then his tags to Kenny were extremely hard. Yeah, he was smacking the shit out of Kenny when he tagged him. You, you, you could see... There was, this was... You're right. It was not the Young Bucks bullshit match. I thought it was very good. Nick Jackson looked great. He ended up spinning on Hangman. They're face to face. They hit moves everywhere. They were they were trying to kill each other. Fucking the Bucks hit the Indy Taker on on Page on the stage, which rhymes. Um, Adam Page channeled his inner Marty Skrull, went for the chicken wing. Uh, he also tried doing the one winged angel. Um, yeah, it was just like Kenny. At one point, Kenny got real aggressive and started acting like a dick. Like it was like you didn't know what. Was gonna happen. It was tensions among friends. Yes, it really was. It was. It was good. It was very good. There it was, was a point, outstanding. There was a point where uh, Hangman Page looked to fucking uh, put the Bucks through the table where the bell was on, but Kenny stopped him. I it think was, one of the one Jackson uh, pulled the other Jackson off Hangman at one point. Yeah, don't know. I think I think Nick pulled Matt off. Um, but eventually, uh, Omega and Page got the win with the Buckshot V trigger. And, like, this one thing, like, us telling you about this match doesn't do it justice. You have to go, go and watch, watch it. it. And then the post-match, it seemed like everybody teased the heel turn. Like, all four guys teased the <laughs> heel turn. I thought Hangman was great. He grabbed those ropes like he was going to do a buckshot lariat. Camera and angle was phenomenal Kenny well. turned his head to look at him, and he just let the ropes go. I do have one problem with this match. Go ahead. Wrong place in the card. They should have switched this to Cody MVF. That's... That's arguable, but I think they thought that with the match they put in between as the buffer, it would be enough. And it was. Like, there was tons of heat for MJF and Cody, so I don't yeah. think it hurt that match. But I would have switched it. But the, you're yeah. right, it doesn't matter, but I would have switched it, probably. So we should we should say that uh, they, I think before the tag match, they announced that on March 25th in the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey, they will have the first ever AEW Blood and Guts match. It is basically War Games the way War Games is supposed to be done. Two rings, one cage, with a roof. Submission? That's a good question, I'm assuming. I, I think Cody's going to be a... They didn't really mention... Be a purist? I think Cody will be a purist, purist, and surrender will be the only way to win. Not even submission, surrender. You have to surrender. 
yeah, I mean, that's interesting to do. Cody loves his nostalgia. And I think that's where the turn's going to be, whoever ends up turning. That would be whether, whether it's Hangman or Kenny or, or all the Bucks. Them. I think that's... Cause I'm assuming it's going to be the Elite versus the Inner Circle. Those are like the two factions. Yes. So I'm assuming that the, the turn is going to be in Blood and Guts. And I got to say, I hate all the petty shit between both companies, but... For AEW to take blood and guts, which is an insult hurled towards them by Vince McMahon, and find a way to monetize it and use it as their own is brilliant. I agree. Absolutely fucking brilliant. I agree. So You don't need Shivani go out there going, yes, we do love blood and guts. He did that, too. Yeah, he did do that. Yeah, shut the but... fuck up, Tony. Go call Georgia baseball. <laughs> and now for a match I just can't get behind. Yeah, this match. Not for any other reason than I thought it was a bad match. Yeah, this match sucked the life out of the show. The fans were... Dead. But I've never heard a more silent crowd. But they just watched a fucking 31-minute clinic. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? People love this match, I guess. I, I don't get it. You could have put it. you could have put Omega and Okada after this match, and it would have took the crowd a while to get into it, just because that tag yeah. match was so good. She needed... Uh, United Rose needs to be killing people. Yeah, this went 12 minutes and 45 seconds. Oh, it felt like it was 45 minutes. It, it was, did. It, it was really, just not great. It really did feel like it went a long time. And I like both girls. Like, I don't... I don't yeah, no, it just... Yeah. Some people just don't have chemistry together. You know No, it never clicked. It never yeah. clicked. Um, Nyla won, which was probably the right call. Her, I think Riho has to be the one to take the title from her. When it eventually happens. It shouldn't happen for a long while. But I think Riho chasing will be fun, which I think I said when Nyla won the title. Great. More schoolgirls. I don't really don't like Riho. I just can't get behind the 98-pound champion. Well, she's not the champion anymore, so what's your issue with her now? Well, she's not really done anything other than when she's not the champion. She just she just had a dark match. Just because you didn't see it, I mean, it didn't happen. It's, uh, that's true, I guess. Up next, the match I was most looking forward to, but kind of okay. let me down. Okay, so you know how when Jericho got his belt stolen, you talked about how no matter what company you like, wrestling, Twitter, all united for a common cause. Yeah. This happened again. Oh, yes, it did. Because Cody Rhodes emerged. Well, first of all, MJF had the worst spray tan I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, poor fucker got screwed whoever did that for him. And then just when I'm like, oh, poor MJF, out comes Cody Rhodes. He raises up from the elevator. With downstate and the entire Nightmare family. Turns, well, that's not even the point. He turns his head. And then what do you see on his neck? The worst neck tattoo I've ever seen. He could have just had, I love the clan on the neck. It would have been better than that. <laughs> Stop. He can't say that. Uh, the, 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 it was the Nightmare Family logo. And the, I don't understand why. The thing is, it's not even a bad tattoo. It's just, it's on his neck. <laughs> like, if he had that on his bicep or his pec or his back or his shoulder, it's it would have been fine. It's never a great idea to get a neck tattoo. But did you see Brian Pillman Jr.'s tweet? No. So someone's like, well... Once again, I gotta find the exact tweet because I don't wanna. I don't wanna put words. In what was it about? The tattoo. It's a terrible tattoo. Did it, did it say that? No. But yeah, it just got awful. Any ta- any neck tattoos got awful. And he like revealed it like he thought it was fucking great. But when you hear this take, I think you might you might change your change your mind a little bit. Christ, how how much does he tweet? A lot. He's just got good God. Yeah. Was... See, he's scrolling over there for fucking five minutes. Okay. So someone someone tweeted, so for some reason, Brian Pillman was talking, having a whole conversation about this tattoo, and somebody asked him, explain, make that tattoo make sense to me. At this point, I feel like Cody needs some guidance in his life. And, and Brian Pillman Jr. replied, simple, he's wearing it on his neck, so it's always visible, can't be covered up easily. 
It's symbolic of him going all in on his brand and his company and not having a backup plan. It means he's literally got his neck on the line for AEW and his family. Skin in the game. And you know what? Makes sense, That actually. makes a lot of fucking sense. And I don't know if that was Cody's thought process of getting it on the neck. It's still terrible to look at. It's still wild. Like, I can't... There, in one of my group messages, there was a full-on debate on if it was real or not. And I thought he was smarter than to get a tattoo on his neck. Well, hey, it's his skin. He could do whatever fucking... No, I'm not against it, but I just neck tattoos are just stupid. I mean, it's not like he's ever going to have to find a real job. You know what I mean? So, like, who cares if you have a tattoo on your neck? That's true. He's already married. Like, it's not like it's in the wedding photos. That's very true. And Brandy lied and said she's the only one that didn't like the tattoo. Yeah, Brandy said she was against it. Um, but yeah, enough about Cody's tattoo. Let's get into the match. MJF stalled a lot early. He went into the crowd. He took a man's beer and threw it on another man, which I'd be pissed if I was the innocent man who got his beer stolen. He was not. I'm, I'm sure they brought him another one. I'd hope so. Uh, he was throwing hats at people. It was yeah, just... he, he slapped the fat guy's hat off. Excellent heel work. Excellent heel work. Yeah, so this match was every 80s grudge match ever. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. Thank that's... thank God it didn't start with a lockup. Yeah. I know you're very worried that this blood feud might start with a lockup. I hate that. And the tag match didn't either. Both, nope. Both, was... both quote-unquote personal well tonight. issues. Yeah. They did well tonight. And you, the main event didn't either. No. So, yeah, good on them. But uh, Wardlow got involved. Arn took a the softest disaster kick in history. Yeah. Um, Cody did the Orton pose and then went for the draping DDT, but MJF countered it into his like weird momentum by bouncing off the ropes pile driver gimmick, which I think it's called the Heat Seeker. I think it's called. But um, MJF eventually got the win when Wardlow handed him the ring. He fucking punched Cody in the face of the ring. Got the win one two three. We both said if this feud was continuing, MJF had to win round one. MJF did have to win round one, and I think they'd probably for sure run it back at double or nothing in May. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see how they keep the fire burning until May. Maybe they go away from each other for like a month and a half, and then Cody's like, I can't live with it. I got to go back to him. So I don't know. We'll see what they do. I like this match. I know some people were disappointed with it, but I really enjoyed it. The reason I would have switched, I would have switched. People would have been hotter for this if it was indifferent, if it was in the, the tag spot, and they'd be no less they'd be no less hot for the tag match if it was here. Fair enough. Um, I do think it was weird that MJF was the one that got the juice and not Cody. Because, like, that's just psychology. He, he's, Why He's a rose. He loves to bleed. The, I th- not only that, but, like, just thinking about it from a psychology standpoint. You know Cody booked this match because he was doing MJF cried like an 80s heel. He had his arm around his fucking legs. But the whole point of getting juice is to get sympathy. So, like, why were we getting sympathy? At it? Why were we feeling bad for MJF? You know he opened mean? the hard way. I don't think. I, I think it was. A, it looked like it was a bleed job. It, yeah, I mean, he was bleeding just fine. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Cody loves his blood. Yeah, but whatever. I thought it was. I thought it was a good match. I I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great payoff for the build, and we'll see where they go from here. Now this match, uh, the bastard Pac versus Orange Cassidy. Love with some, Chuck Taylor and Trent. Love with some with Chuck Taylor and Trent. Trent, not a tent. <laughs> tent. I uh, tent. Some some I like about this match. Some I don't like. Too long. Number one. 13 minutes flat. It's still too long. Should have been no more than seven or eight. Uh, Pac with the distance with him, but Cassidy looked great. He did. And, like, fans that don't know him from anywhere else from AEW finally got a taste of, like, what he could do when... And hint, it's a lot. Yeah. He's... He's... He has to be the smartest man in wrestling, man, because his whole gimmick is I don't have to do anything and I make a lot of money. But 
if I do actually have to do something, I'm very good at it and could do it too. Like he might be the smartest man in wrestling. Do nothing for free. That's yeah. what Joker would say. Um, a lot of Joker references from you tonight. But I don't know. I don't think it went too long. It was it was fine. No, it was all right. It just it was. I just want to get the main event. I think it was. It was late by this point. It yeah, was. It was nearly ten thirty. It was a long show. You were itching to go out drinking. So I, I did not. Oh, you didn't. You, you abstained. I I do. I wasn't going out. I just I was just abstaining. I was helping. I was for long for longing it longer. No, I I legitimately I was almost asleep by the end of Moxley's promo. Yeah, I mean it was it was like eleven thirty five by the time the show ended. Yeah. So. And I ever since I have to get up for work now early, I can't not get up at that time. Yeah. Just I'll be up at five and just lay in bed, saying why me. Warm and comfortable, by the way, but just why me? So now the main event, singles match for the AEW World Championship. Chris Jericho, accompanied with Santana and Ortiz, defends against John Moxley. I loved both guys' entrances. I love how Moxley came from the streets. I know he had to be fucking cold. I don't know how long they had him waiting out there, but I know he had to be fucking cold, even if it was only like five minutes, because he was in a fucking sleeveless hoodie and his fucking Mox jacket, so he had to be fucking cold. And Chris Jericho's entrance is awesome. I don't know if you noticed, but the girl that sang it was the one who made, like, the acapella video of her singing Judas and, like, went viral on Twitter. So that was very cool they gave her that moment. Um, Jericho's entrance is awesome. Uh, metal is not my genre of choice, but even I will admit that Judas is a banger of a song. Oh, I love that song. And it's such a great song for him to use his entrance music. Um, this was the fucking tale of two matches. The first half of this match felt like John Moxley was... Dean Ambrose in the opener of a house show in Shreveport. Like, yeah, it did not seem... He did not seem into it. But no. then, then he got into but it. But he became John Moxley in the second half. The second half of the match was awesome. Uh, he got a real deep gash on his, on his head, which video doesn't do it justice. Someone posted a video, uh, I mean a picture of the gash. It was nasty. He always gets gashed on his head. Remember when, what, 31? But he's in the air kind of lag, man. Well, that's because he got fucking power bombed and threw yeah. a fucking ladder. And they stapled him right there at ringside. Yeah, that's shit. That's probably give any man a gash. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed this match. As soon as he turned it on, it was on. Yeah, as soon as he got. And, you know, I don't. I I really like this match. Um, oh, it was, it was good. First, The first half wasn't good, but it salvaged itself. Moxley. Uh, revealing to the world that he could see the whole time was... I knew they were going to do it, and it was still great. That's wrestling right there. Yeah, predictable. Just because something's predictable doesn't make it bad. If it's predictable but executed to perfection, which this was, it could still be very good. So Moxley revealed that he could see the whole time. Then from that point on, it was all Moxley. He had the elevated paradigm shift, got the pin, one, two, three. He became the champ. They had the T-shirt ready like he just won the Super Bowl. So I wonder if uh, Moxley lost if they are going to ship them all to like the third world countries. They have all Jericho ones now. Yeah. yeah they oh, I'd love to see those shirts. The fucking Pain Maker still champion shirts. But um, Moxley cut a promo after the show. After the match, I should say. It was a really good promo. Um, I liked when it hit his music and he said, what the fuck? He said, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> um, and he basically talked about how the journey he'd been on and creative freedom and how this is for the fans. And, you know, it was a good promo. It was. Me saying that didn't do it justice, so once again, go listen to it. Um, overall, let's rate the shows. First, what do you give Super Showdown in a grade from no grade. F to fucking A+. Plus? No grade. I'm going with a D. D+. Plus. Um, Revolution, give it a grade. A-. minus. I'm also giving it an A-. minus. I gave Double or Nothing an A. I still think that's their best pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, so A-. minus. 
except everything everything ranged on everything on this pay per view ranged from good to ex- or acceptable to great, with the exception of the the women's match, and that's why it's an A minus for me. And like, I would say the women's match was acceptable. Like, it wasn't like I just think the spot it was in. Yeah, style. Like, even even here we were like, oh, this is just awful. Yeah, yeah. Just, this is this is just terrible. So that's Revolution. That's Super Showdown, and that's our show for the week. So we will come back and give everybody uh, social media plugs. And I guess next week we'll have an Elimination Chamber review because we're going to be there. And yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Champions Advantage. Uh, make sure you follow the entire Turnbuckle Topics Network. They are our family. They're the greatest five people in wrestling today. And that's including the Job Squad. Mondays you I got... Like, I didn't know Kane was in the network. Excuse me? You said they're the five greatest people in wrestling. And they're the five greatest people in wrestling content creators. That's better. So Monday you got Top of the Rope Wrestling Radio with Gil Kuda Jr. At, at Kuda underscore Jr. on Twitter. On Tuesdays it's your boys every day at noon, every Tuesday at noon-ish at Champions Pod on Twitter. We're funny, I swear. On Wednesday you've got the Bearded Wrestling Podcast with at Bearded Chris P, the greatest impact mind in the world. Thursdays are the Rundown Ron and Linz at Ron underscore Musto underscore Junior and at Linz Be Honest X. Follow the family at TT underscore for you, and we will be seeing you soon. Peace.